listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and I'm your host Jason Cook and today we're speaking with David Leo. Good morning David. Hello, happy Monday everybody. Yeah, happy Monday. Now we're coming to you live from Hobart and also David's up in Devonport this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also catch us at 4.30 if you're listening in Tasmania just so you know. Uh, if you happen to uh, want to listen to the content again or share it with somebody else we are also uh, live at uh, four thirty again now today or yeah today david you'll be talking about john chapter six five loaves and two fish mm-hmm. we'll we'll get on to that topic a little bit later but first before we do tell us what you've been up to over the weekend i had an awesome weekend uh, i was at um, a place called guildford and we had a men's retreat so we had a a whole bunch of men get together and uh, we looked at uh, the man Elijah in the Bible and the type of commitments we can make to our families and our communities and uh, the differences that we can make as men. And we had a great time together. It was um, it was fantastic. There was um, there was great fellowship. We had you know we, we played some games on Saturday night, played some futsal. And uh, I'm, if you've seen me, I think my two leagues is only for running. There's, there's, <laughs> Not enough for kicking the ball as well, but we had great fun there. We played um, some volleyball and, um, you know, just uh, having worship together and, and looking at Elijah and just realizing the importance of um, the importance of our role as men in, in our community. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we just committed ourselves to God and, and said, you know, let's, let's um, get back into our into the places that we, we are and, and help focus on um, how we can be a, a catalyst for pointing our, our families and our friends to God. So it was a great time together, really awesome That's time. awesome. And I know we had some, some guys come up from uh, down south here. And, yeah, how, how many people were there all together? So we had about 13 sleep there on Friday night. Yeah. We had about 30 on join Saturday. us <laughs> on good. Saturday. And then we had another 16 stay with us uh, on um, for the Saturday night. So it was awesome. Yeah, all, now, now, David, you mentioned futsal. Now, I've actually seen on Facebook you uh, promoting the fact that you're doing some uh, futsal uh, training or something down in. Is it in Deloraine you're doing that, or in Devonport? No, it's a, that's a that's a um, Deloraine uh, church in Deloraine. We Deloraine, uh, every yeah. Tuesday, yeah, it's a it's just a um, thing for people to get together and and fellowship and have fun together. So it's so, not training. We're not we're not in a tournament. Uh, or anything. It's, no, it's just a bit of fun. Yes, that's right. That's and that's the probably the best place where I've started to learn how to play, and it's yeah, yeah. good. It's still, awesome. still a learning curve. <laughs> <laughs> My son used to love futsal. Um, yeah, mm. he used to get right into it. Um, now, just to remind our listeners, we've got our show number, Tassie Encounters uh, mobile number, 0488-880-891. And you can text us in your questions or your comments or feedback any time throughout the, throughout the program. And uh, towards the end of the program, we have an offer that uh, we'll give you the code for where you can get a book uh, sent to you as well that... Uh, this is a, a book that um, David's been uh, we've been giving away each each Monday, um, but yeah, this will be the last opportunity to get this book actually because next week we will be changing our offer to something different. So, mm-hmm. encourage you to text in later in the program to get that book. Um, now, David, do you want to just give us a quick rundown on where we've come uh, in your series, Encounters with Jesus? Yeah, it's it's been a great series. Um, I've really enjoyed it. We've, we started off in John 1, and we talked about what it means for um, God to become human, where it says in John 1 verse 14, when the Word becomes flesh. 
So we looked at that in, in uh, chapter 2. We went to John chapter 2 and looked at the wedding feast where the mother, uh, Jesus' mother, says, uh, you know, can you help us out with this problem that we have? And he turns water into wine, and uh, and it's an amazing miracle there. We talk about how, how uh, Jesus is coming to teach in this in this uh, book, that he's coming to replace everything that they um, that they thought that they, they're taking on as tradition. And Jesus says, well, it's, it's been all about me. So uh, that's where he begins in the wedding, and then and then chapter three we look at Nicodemus and look at that famous text: "For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son." And um, chapter four we went to the woman at the well and looked at Jesus transformed her life mm. and said, "You know, there's no longer a need. There'll be a time we just worship in spirit and truth, and uh, not those temples that you're pointing to." And uh, chapter five was just last week, and we looked at the man at the pool. And how this man had been looking at the pool as a place to find his healing, and yet uh, the the source of all healing had just come and spoke to him and changed his life and transformed his life from relying on a mat, or this being shameful of this mat, to Jesus saying, "Pick up your mat, and uh, you know, go go talk about me." <laughs> yeah. So. Now. Today uh, we're doing chapter six, and uh, it's been easy for me, David, because it's been you know week one from our program since we went live was chapter one, and right up to chapter six today. But next week we're going to be changing our strategy, so uh, I'll, yeah, I'll have we- to uh, pay more attention next week because I, <laughs> I won't know where where we're at. So um, I'll keep it simple again. We're going to go we're going to go mark and go in sequential order again. <laughs> okay, no worries. Um, so let's get into today's program: uh, five loaves and two fish. Sure. So I'm going to um, read from John uh, 6. Uh, the reading is from John 6, verses 1 to 15, but I'm just going to read up to verse 5 just to j- introduce the story. But um, before we do, let's just say a prayer. Yeah. Father in heaven, we're about to hear your amazing words. And Father, I pray our hearts and minds can be open to receive them and transform us like these people that have encountered you, as we've read uh, in, in the last series that we've looked at. Father, we ask you to do the same in our life. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I'll start at verse 1. And it says, After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him, because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then, and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? Hmm. And so we've got the place, we've got, we've got a time, and we've got a situation on our hands. All right, so we've got um, Jesus that's in, uh, at the Sea of Galilee, which is just south of where his hometown is. And um, there's a crowd following him, and there's a whole crowd because it's at the time of Passover. Yeah. And so the question is, did these, were these people on their way to Passover and they just you know, heard about Jesus and thought they'll stop and see him? Or did some people actually make a beeline? So Jesus, the word of Jesus is getting out. The people that we just talked about in the last few weeks that we've been mentioning in the series, there's been word getting out that something's happening. This man at the pool, he was healed. And, uh, you know, the word of Jerusalem is this is what happened. And so at Passover, so, there so, should be going... So sorry? just in regards to Passover, yeah. more people would have been coming into Jerusalem at that time? Or is, exactly that, right. is that why exactly the crowds right. were there? 
That's why the crowds were there. Mm. And, um, you know, they should be going to Jerusalem, but they're going to see Jesus. Instead, yeah. Instead. So we have this replacement replacement, um, uh, this replacement theme coming through again, mm. you know, coming, to, coming directly to him, the, the holiness, instead of going to the, the city, the holy city, which is, just, which is amazing. <clears throat> in the timing of the Passover, there's something really particular, there's something really important about that. Uh, because, you know, the Passover was, uh, was with regard to why it's called Passover, Jason? It was to do with uh, the, the, when they left Egypt, I believe, was the origins of that. Um, That's right. That's right. So if anyone's seen the Prince of Egypt or read the story of Moses, they would know that there was this, this instruction. The last plague was that um, this, there's going to be a death to every, every firstborn in the in, in Egypt in, the, in that area. And and if if they paint if they sacrificed um, an animal and and uh, painted the blood on their doorposts, this angel of death will pass over that household. So in that in that night when every family was asleep and every firstborn was about to about to die, everywhere the angel of death went and saw the um, the angel of the Lord saw the uh, the blood on the doorposts. He passed over those families, hmm. right? And so those families were saved by the blood of that the sacrifice lamb. of the lamb. That's, the that, the lamb. that's so, saying that's so so common, isn't it? Saved by the blood of the lamb, and this that's is right. where it goes back to right. This right is where back it goes to back to. Days, yeah. So all these people are remembering that. All these mm. people are remembering that that um, that God saved saved their uh, families, and just a couple of verses before John six, Jesus says, um, Jesus says in John five, verses uh, the the last two verses, which are forty. Uh, 46 and 47 he says for if you believed Moses you would believe me for he wrote of me right so mm. just before that he's saying he Moses wrote very about me but if you do not believe his writings how will you believe my words so the whole idea of Passover and then he says Moses wrote about me he's actually making a point that <laughs> I'm that guy I'm the, I'm, I'm the guy that Moses talked about. I'm the Messiah that came. I'm that one that saved you. Mm. And so there's this timing, this place, this this moment is is all being set up for Jesus to to reveal what he's about to do, which is the five loaves and two fishes, we're got, which we're going to talk about in the next section. Yeah. Well, let's go to a break. Uh, we're going to have a listen to a song called All My Hope by Torin Wells.
stranger to the prison I've worn shackles and chains But I've been freed and forgiven Yes, I have I'm not going back I'll never be the same That's why I sing Listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're speaking with David Leo. Now, David, we've been uh, reading about the uh, crowd following Jesus, and uh, it was at the time of Passover, and we've just been talking about what the Passover meant. We won't go through that again, but uh, just wanted to remind our listeners where we're up mm. to. So, uh, we want to keep going on this story, I guess. Yes, Jason. So, if you could read. Um Verses 6 to 10, please, in John 6. Sure. So verse 6 says, He said this to uh, test him. So he just said, uh, where do we buy bread so that these people may eat? Um, He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. That's That's a a lot of people. It's a pretty big crowd. Yeah, we talked about a crowd, and and that's just counting the men, right? Just the men. It's not not counting the women and the children. So when we add that factor in, we're talking about... Probably at least double. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, at least. At Mm. least double. Mm. And, um, you know... There's, there's somebody here that's counted 
that's given mention. Yeah. No name. You know? It's this in verse nine it says there is a boy here. Yeah. You know, and it's uh and it's Andrew, Simon's Peter Peter the uh, brother that, that brings this boy. And uh it's a very basic basic uh, lunch that he has, but you know, I wanna I wanna take a moment just to to slow things down and when we look at this story, let's just let's just hone in on this particular character who this boy is now I've tried I've tried numerous times when I've read the story and I've put myself in his shoes and try to work it out and put it in my context and um you know I'm gonna take a bit of poetic license because I live in the you know, I live in modern times and, and don't live in that actual time that he was alive. But I always imagine Jason, I always imagine that this is boy that's been told by his parents, um, tomorrow we're gonna go to Passover. So we're gonna we're gonna have to pack a lunch. Um, but we want to go and, and listen to this uh, this man that we've heard great things about. Mm. So this boy would have been, a, you know, thought, oh, well, that's exciting. That's that's different. We're doing something different for Passover. Yeah. And um, I've even gone as far as oh, I wonder if he was twelve years old. You know, that special time of bar mitzvah for the for, for the, the Jewish Jewish boys. Jewish yeah. boys there. Uh, yeah, I, I can't talk too much about bar mitzvah, but I always imagine these things. But this boy wakes up in the morning, you know, and he, and he can hear the. Uh, he can smell the, the the fresh bread, and he can smell the fish that that's been cooked, you know. And gets his instructions, and they wake, they they start making their way to the Passover to Jerusalem. They got their packed lunch, and you know, mum and dad are talking away, and they're probably reminiscing and, and going and reciting the stories of the Passover, the stories of how Jesus parted the sea and did all these things in their life, and they're. You know, they're just reciting these stories to, to each other. And the boy's just excited, you know, just thinking, wow, wow, that's amazing. And they get to where the crowd is, and they probably think, wow. You know, the boy's probably thinking, I didn't expect this many people to be here to listen to this man. He mm. must be must be something special, right? And as he sits down, as he sits down to, to hear the story, or, or possibly stand up, as we as we find out in the in the passage, he starts to hear this man speak. And... First time in his life, he's not in Jerusalem, but he's feeling things and thinking things that he's never, never experienced before. This man is making sense and he's connecting dots and he's starting to feel like, wow, yeah, the things that mom and dad just recited, this man, this man sounds like he, as if he's got firsthand experience. Mm. <laughs> and, and, and he starts to feel the sense, you know, as a, as a, um, as as a kid, as a child, there was only two people that really spoke into my life in my early teens, and then later on in my teenager years to tell me what gifts, the type of gifts that I had, and that means a lot. I mean, I remember them. I remember them that much, you know. And just this kid starts realizing, this man's speaking into my life, you know, like he's he's making me feel as if I've, I'm worth something and I've got something to give, you know. I can I can serve God. I can be someone. You know, I can be someone special and, and that I can be um, like those people of Moses and Abraham and um, Esther and thinking of all these things that this man, when he preaches, he doesn't he doesn't speak and teach like anybody else. He's different. It's about that age that uh, many, uh, if they've been raised in, in a uh, you know, Christian home or whatever, it's about that age when they start to really get that uh, sense of, Hey, yeah, this is something that I want to do. Yeah, uh, going yeah. Forward, yeah. What, 
that's right. You know, and, and, and to any, you know, and I love working with young people. I love, um, you know, there's, there's so many things that, that molding stage that they're, they're really open to learning and mm. willing to try things. And, um, yeah, you're right. It's uh, around that age, early teenage, you start thinking, what is my purpose? Mm. You know, who, who am I and what am I supposed to be doing? Mm. And this boy gets the sense of purpose. And, but he, he, he sees something. He mm. sees something going on as he's teaching and, and it's eloquent and it's, it's really good. He sees the, uh, he sees the guys that are helping Jesus. He sees his assistants. They're starting to talk amongst each other. And as they're talking amongst each other, you know, you can hear the grumbling of people's tummies. <laughs> and he's thinking, I wonder what they're talking about. And this boy starts connecting the dots. Oh, oh, I'm hungry too. You know, I'm thinking, oh, wow, how long have we been here? And probably they look at the shadows and realize, man, we've been here for hours. <laughs> you know, it just, it seems like when you're, when you're experiencing heaven itself, you know, five hours seems like two minutes. You know, and they and they realize, wow, we've been here for so long, and and they haven't even taken note that we're hungry. And he sees these um these guys just milling around, and one of them comes to Jesus. Hey, we got a, we got a problem here, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just he's just watching and listening in, and he can see Jesus talking to the disciples, and and then as he can make out what's happening, as Andrew passes through, puts his hand up, hey, um, I can help out. If Jesus is hungry, I've got some food for him. Yeah. <laughs> And so this kid, for for whatever reason, uh, for whatever conviction he had, I'm not even sure if Jesus made an invitation to say, is there, is there something that you want to give to the Lord or whatever? But for whatever reason, he says, I can help out, and I'm willing to give up the lunch that it, that I have prepared, that my mum and dad that, prepared. That's a I'm pretty big. Give this up. That's a pretty big thing for uh, a young growing boy too. <laughs> they like yeah, their food, for sure. You know, <laughs> oh man, I've got a 13 year old myself, and. He's a machine, mm. you know. I, you know my mum used to call me the cleaner. That's yeah. what she used to call me back in the days because I could, I'd clean out the fridge and clean out the pantry <laughs> and whatnot. And I, I realise now what I look like back then. Is, and my thirteen-year-old, he's doing the same thing. Yeah. And um, yeah, so to, to give it up is something big. Yeah. And but, but that willing heart, you know, mm. I'll I'll do this. I'm willing to give this this lunch for. Uh, for for this man that I've just met and heard from, and I want to hear more. You know, I don't want him to go hungry. Mm. <laughs> you know, there's there's uh, there's so much that I want from this. And this um, young young boy had no intention of you know giving up this lunch and, and bread. Back then, it took a whole day to bake bread. You know, it's not like us; we can just go down to the bakery and and buy it. Fish had to be caught. It's a very basic basic lunch. It's nothing luxurious. It's not a king's feast. No. And he's not embarrassed to give his basic lunch. Yeah. You know. And so he gives it to, he says to this disciple, hey, um, you know, I'm going to give this. And Andrew, you know, he, I don't know what he's thinking. You know, I, I want to I look at this in our next section, actually, but I'll, I'll put a plug just really quickly, just to introduce this character, Andrew. Yeah. In, in the Bible, one of Jesus' disciples, we hear we hear from him the most. His name is Peter. It's Andrew's yes. brother. Yeah. And Peter, the only reason he got to meet Jesus and become a disciple was because Andrew came to him and said, "Hey, I think we found the Messiah. Come with me." Yeah. And so he brought Peter to Jesus. There's a time where these Greeks they want to meet Jesus, but they know that they can only go to a certain and Jesus is at the temple, and they can't, you know, non-Jews can't really enter there. And uh, when they come to, they want to see Jesus. They come, and 
I believe it's Philip. I'll have to read the story again. I believe it's Philip that they ask, and Philip says, just wait here, I'll go get Andrew. And it's Andrew that brings the Greeks to Jesus. Right. Right. And in this story, it's Andrew that brings, brings the, the boy, boy to Jesus. To Jesus. So yeah. he doesn't say much. You don't see any eloquent speeches from Andrew. No. But he has this he has this incredible uh, talent to um an incredible gift just to bring people yeah. to Jesus. He's a, a bit of a behind-the-scenes sort of person, you know, working to bring That's people it. through uh, different That's means. That's it, you know. And, yeah. so, and, and so we're learning from this boy and we're learning from Andrew. There's no grand grand thing that you need to do that people need to see you or hear you. Mm. You can do things quietly. Yeah. And make huge differences, right? You can make a huge difference. Yeah. And so that's that's a quick plug for, for Andrew. But he brings this boy, and this boy, not knowing what's going to happen, this is a reoccurring theme, the man at the pool, the woman at the well, Nicodemus, this reoccurring theme that he doesn't know what is going to, ha- going to happen. He's just giving what little he has and has no idea what Jesus is going to do with it. He yeah. probably thinks, um, I'm going to feed Jesus, and doesn't realize that Jesus is going to do something else with that small meal. And I just think, man, and in this poetic license, I go a little bit further, Jason. When I read about the Christian uh, Christianity going far and wide, I always imagine that this boy's growing up, and he's part of the testimony of part of saying, hey, I've seen what Jesus can do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would have had such a huge impact on him you know, at, at that young age. And uh, having given up his lunch, and then we we're yet to read what happens, but uh, it's pretty amazing what happens, um, you know, coming up. Sure is. So I'm excited. I'm excited to get to that. We'll, part. we'll get to that <laughs> after the break, hey? Yes. Um, so let's go to this break. Remember our show number zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. And uh, today we'll be giving away the book Real Peace, Real Answers. Uh, we'll give you more details later in the program. But for now, let's have a listen to this uh, piece of music by Andrew Peterson, All You'll Ever Need. Blood of Jesus, it is like the widow's oil. It's enough to pay the price to set you free. He can fill up every jar and every heart that ever beat. It's all you have, it's all you'll ever need When it's all you have, it's all you'll ever need But of Jesus, it is like the leper's river Running humble with a power you cannot see Seven times go under, let the water wash you clean Only go down to the Jordan and believe Only go down in the Jordan and believe And I need it, I need it The closer that I grow, the more I come to know how much I need Quench this flame 
Back to Faith FM, Tassie Encounters with David Leo, and uh, I'm your host, Jason Cook. Now, we've been uh, talking about the story where Jesus feeds 5,000. Now, we haven't got to that little bit yet, and we were talking uh, earlier about, or we read earlier, where Jesus asked Philip, you know, where are we going to buy bread um, mm. so that these people may eat? And uh, Philip was saying, well, you know, we don't have enough money to buy food for all these people. And then we had the the boy who offered his uh, five barley loaves and two fish. It, it's interesting, though, because it makes, it makes me wonder what was going through the minds of the boy, what was going through the minds of the disciples yeah. when they brought this boy who had you know two fish and five loaves and we're thinking well well, i'd be thinking well so what that's not going to feed very many people Uh, yeah well this this is interesting like you said that what what are the disciples thinking i always wonder when philip answered and said or 200 denarii and and denarii back then that's a day's wage yeah right so he's saying that 200 days of work is not going to feed everyone could you imagine how Judas Judas who was responsible for the money, how he would have been what well, he would have been thinking. Yeah, where's all this money gonna come from? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, exactly. Yeah, one of the, well, yeah, and Thomas was probably thinking, What if we just uh we slip out and just get ourselves a, some yeah, food well, from we'll the Yeah, we'll just duck and out and grab something. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll grab something for Jesus where, as well. We'll come where's back. Where's the nearest you know? takeaway? Yeah. <laughs> and for some reason, you know, for some reason, um, I don't know if you know for myself, sometimes I'll pass on a meal because the momentum is there. You know, like the spirit is moving, and it's like, okay, let's not let's let's, let's just um, let's make sure the people stay so they don't lose the the momentum or the flow of what, what's happening here. Yeah. But um, Jesus uses this moment as a training session for the disciples, as he does numerous times, right? And so he turns to Philip. They see the crowd. <laughs> we want to buy this bread. <laughs> the answer comes. Judas probably thinking, no, we definitely don't have two hundred denarii in this purse. You know, mm. we don't have enough money. And um, Philip's answer um, is not satisfactory. You know, in verse 6, you can see that Jesus said this to test him because yeah. Jesus knew that he knows what he can do. You know, you know he, he, uh, we, we talked about Moses before. He's the one that provided, provided manna from heaven when the, um, when, when, when the Israelites you know, came from the other side of the sea when they, when they needed food. Jesus said, I'll provide you food, and he gave bread from heaven. Right, and here he is again, and he's not going to give them the king's feast. 
you know, like no, you you find that to be a disciple, he's 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 doing this test because to be a disciple, and a lot of times, you know, where people have said, oh, you know, you become a Christian, you start following Jesus, and your you know your life is life is happily ever after. That is not the case. No. It's not the case. In fact, you start wrestling even more because you, your options are open to either follow Jesus or go back to default as you were before. Yeah. Whereas before, you could just act out in default because you don't know any better, right? Yeah. In, in our study with uh, David Maxwell on Psalm 23, he talks about you know that uh, he will give us what we need, not necessarily what we want. But in this case, you know, we might have wanted a feast, but uh, we had five loaves and two fish, and Jesus well, used that. Go. So, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Exactly, exactly right. In fact, at the end of this, um, at the end of this chapter, around oh, I, I always remember this. I always remember this number, um, uh, Jason. And I'll get you to guess why I remember the number. But in John six verse sixty six. <laughs> yeah, six sixty six. Yep. Okay. <laughs> in John six sixty six, it says, "After this, many of the disciples turned back and no longer walked with him." Mm. So. You know, how, when it comes how is that to possible after what he did, that's incredible. Well, oh, well yeah, because, because he said some challenging things. I think, yeah, for sure, he yeah. he gave some really challenging, um, uh, you know, challenging thoughts on, on what it means to to walk with him. Mm. So this crowd were following him because he was healing people, and now the crowd are amazed because he can feed so many people. You know, yeah. so uh, when when it's all about selfish gain. And then you suddenly hear, well, you've got to take up your cross. There are things that you have to give up. You might have to give up five loaves and two, two fish to, to follow me. Yeah. You know, oh, okay, now that sounds too hard. I don't yeah. like the sounds of this, right? Yeah. So um, John 6 verse 66 stands out, but we'll go back to John 6 where Philip answers the question. And he, he doesn't pass the test. <laughs> mm. and, here's, and here comes Andrew. Andrew comes with his boy. And, and from a, from a, a logical perspective it, it looks stupid just like you said before oh here's here's a boy jesus yeah. he's got he's got five loaves of bread and, and two fish but then he finishes it off with this what are they for so many yeah that's it he, he's asking what, what jesus are you gonna the do question. with them <laughs> yeah what, what what is just five loaves and two fish mm. jesus and to me it sounds like it sounds like andrew is now saying Lord, what will you do with this? Yeah, yeah. And so Jesus poses the question, but the disciple, and a proper disciple, (laughs) he asked the question as well. You know, what are you able to do? And this is what what the question was about, wasn't it? Jesus was saying, do you you know who I really am? Yeah, yeah. I guess it's a bit like some of the other situations where the disciples were on the lake and the storm was coming up and or when he was sleeping or whatever it was that you know they Jesus was trying to get them to trust in him in That's in, right. in all circumstances. I, That's I, right. I feel like we've got to read the rest of this passage David are we going to do that before we go to the next break? Sorry, yes, absolutely. I'm, 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 the suspense is killing me. The suspense yeah. is killing me. <laughs> okay, so read 11 to, to 15. But uh, in, in saying so, Jason, um, because we're going to jump to Mark next week, Mark chapter 4 talks about the storm, and I can't wait to talk about that, so we've got to stay tuned. We've got to stay tuned for that one. Yeah. Um, verse 11, I'll read verse 11 to 15 and the rest of it. It says, Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. 
So also the fish as much as they wanted. Mm. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to, to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Mm. So, so those the miracle itself uh, stirred um, that desire for him to declare himself as king and 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 to rule over the the nation of uh, Israel, I guess again. Yeah, well, imagine a king. <laughs> imagine a king that can sick, uh, that can that can heal the sick. Yeah, right. And, so every and, time they, and feed feed five thousand people out of yeah, feed the army. Of a couple of lo- couple of fish and five loaves. Well, mm. These guys are starting to think, man, this this guy's going this guy's going to make us invincible yep. against the Romans, right? Yeah. And so he he feeds five thousand from the small meal. Right, it just it just uh, it just reeks of um, stories like going back to the manor, and it reeks of stories where uh, in the story of the manor it says that he provided every single day, you know, and then except for the Sabbath, right? On the Sabbath he so when it got to the sixth day he'll he'll provide a double portion, mm. so they didn't have to didn't, didn't have to go out and collect bread. The, on the Sabbath day, mm. and so reeks of just man. I just pro- I provide for you. I give everything that you need, right? It goes to um, there's a story. I don't know if you have the story. We talk about Elijah in, in the weekend. There's a story of Elijah and this woman that that uh, is getting ready to make her last meal with her young boy, and um, you know they've, they've they're about to make their last bunch of bread, and then they're preparing to die, and then Elijah comes along, and um, tells them what to do and then they've got this massive provision of oil that you know there's enough oil to make so much bread that she's able to sell some of that oil you know so it it reeks of that type of these stories it takes us back to wow jesus provides all the time Mm. there's never there's never a time where i'm going without right and and just like david maxwell said he doesn't give you he's not going to um He's not going to spoil you so that no. you can't, you're going to be a, a spoiled little child. He gives you what you need. Mm. You know, the, the prayer, the, the prayer in Matthew is uh, give us our daily bread. Yeah. Just the daily. The, the, there's something that uh, reminds me when we studied the, uh, the passage where Jesus turned the water into wine. Sometimes he gives us a little better than we expect as well. Yeah, you know, like yeah, well, with, with the wine when, that he created. That wine, it wasn't just ordinary wine; it was the best wine. But, uh, but uh, yeah, it makes me wonder whether the uh, the five loaves and two fish were identical to the ones that the the boy uh, gave, or whether they were, you know, even better. Better. <laughs> you just imagine what know, the but, hmm. imagine the boy just sitting there with his jaw dropped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What just happened? Mm. <laughs> Why is this? Is it? What did Jesus do to my food? <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Um, amazing. So we're going to go to another break, but before we do, I want to just uh, share about this book, Real Peace, Real Answers. Uh, it's a book that offers words of help and hope to all who are seeking to understand how to come to Jesus and experience a personal relationship with him. 
combines Ellen White's beautiful description of God's love and saving grace with meaningful questions about salvation, answered clearly straight out of the Bible. So uh, after the break, immediately after the break, I will give you the code for that um, and uh, I would encourage you to text in to get that if you haven't already got a, uh, a copy of that book, Real Peace, Real Answers. We're going to have a listen to this song, Take My Life by Jaden Levick. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow and cease this praise. Take my hand and let them
Jaden Lavick with Take My Life. I like his style, David. He uh, he t- often takes old hymns and uh, yeah. puts them into a new arrangement, and uh, I really like what he does with them. Now, I promised the code for today, Logos number one, L-O-G-O-S, and the number one, no spaces. That's for the book, Real Peace, Real <clears throat> Answers. You can text that in to 0488 880891, And I will remind you, if you are listening to this um, after the event, if you're not listening to it on a Monday, if it's uh, some other time, you can still text in. This uh, offer stands for a, a reasonable period of time afterwards. If you listen to the app or the or the uh, website, you can still get these offers down the track as well. So whenever you're listening, um, feel free to text in. We'll be monitoring the text message and also feel free to text in any comments or questions that you may have about our discussion topics. So, David, we've finished the story of the five loaves and two fish, but what's really the takeaway for us today? The takeaway is um, here is here is Jesus uh, setting himself up. When you, when you get to the rest of the chapter, he actually claims to be the bread of life. That's mm. what he. That's what he. That's, that's what he. Uh, his message is, and we we haven't read it in the story, but I'll just give you uh, what he says in verse twenty six. Verse twenty six. What happens here after he feeds the five thousand? He goes away. There's actually an interesting story that happens after this. I, I really encourage you to read the rest. But um, what happens is he goes to the other side of the lake. When he gets to the other side of the lake, the crowd follow him. The crowd come after him. They're, they're still seeking. Where's Jesus? Where's the disciples? And, and they find him on the other side of the lake. And um, they ask him, hey, when did you come here? And this is Jesus' response in verse 26 and 27. He says, Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of, of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Mm. Right. So the, the 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 takeaway is Jesus is saying, You're following me because you ate of the bread and you ate of the fish, and now you you're happy about that and realize that I can provide everything that you need, but that's why you're following me. But this is what I'm 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 wanting you to follow me for. You follow me for the words or for the bread that lasts forever. Right, the food that endures to eternal life. So before, in chapter four, he talks about the water of eternal life, and now he's talking about the food of eternal life. <clears throat> and then we also talked about the living water the, uh, with the woman at the well. That's right. Yeah. He talked about the living water as well. And then in verse 63, he says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Yeah. So now he's talking about the, the eternal food that you need to live by are the words that come from me. You know, live off the words that come from me. So when we talk about the bread of life now, we have so much um, references that we can go to. Where do, the, where do we hear the words of Christ now? Um, sorry, where do we hear the words of Christ? Oh, well, yes, yeah, we are, well, we've kind of done it this morning as well. Through Scripture. Through the Bible, right? Yeah. The Bible's been given to us as this gift that when, every time you hear it, in Romans 10 verse 17, I love that text, it says that faith comes by hearing the Word of God, mm. the proclamation of, of the Word of God. And what's amazing about the story, 
What's amazing about the story is it, it, it makes mention, it, it, it ensures that it makes mention that there are leftovers. Yes. Now, Jason, you know, my, my background, I'm a Samoan, and, uh, you know, and, and amazing, at the men's retreat, I mentioned the men's retreat, we had 30 people come in, yeah. and there was only 12 or 13 of us that came on Friday. We made this plan. Let's have enough food that can feed us for Friday night and Saturday night. And so when we have visitors, that you know, we've got enough food there. And mm. um, big props to Tor. If you know Tor from uh, the Winyard Church, he, I, I think he might have... Um, he just had supplies coming out of our ears. You know, we had enough to feed 30. Yeah. And yesterday when we finished up, there was enough that we had to all take a portion of food each to take home. Yeah. Right? So there was, there was lots of food left over. And when we take the leftover food, who, who are we thinking of, Jason, when we take leftover food? Who do you take the food for? Others, our families, our friends, whoever, family, whoever needs it, yeah. Family and friends and whoever needs it. What a, mm. what a beautiful answer, Jason. Yeah. We we think of our you know family friends and whoever needs it, mm. and uh, I remember my um, my my mum and dad used to train me when you when you go to a birthday or, or something like that, you know when there's a plate, think about us, bring something back. If we can't make the birthday birthday party, bring a birthday cake so that we can feel like we were part of it too, right? Yeah. These these were the type of instructions I got as a as a young man when I was able to do these things and go, go off by myself or my brother and I would go on behalf of our family, and. So there's leftovers, and they say, take this food home. And they are thinking of their friends and their families who they can share this with. Yeah. Right? So the, there's a teaching of discipleship here. Not only do we learn from this young boy that I can just give the little that I have. I can just give the little that I have. And this boy learns a massive lesson. Wow. Jesus can just bless everybody with the small portion that I have. Right, and it and it it tells us, it gives it questions us when when he woke up that morning, am I going to be a blessing or a curse today? Yeah, right. Yeah. Am I going to build others up or am I going to bring them down? And I and, guess and I guess uh, we have to start with the bread <laughs> in order to be able to give something to other people as well, don't uh, we? That's right. He got his bread and yeah. he went with his bread so and he we, gave when, that bread away. When we fill ourselves up with these uh, these words, then we can offer those words to other people and build people up. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And then and a whole crowd was fed from a small lunch. Not only were they fed, there were leftovers that they can go and proclaim and share to others what they just have ex- had experienced. Yeah. And so this, Jason, this is, this is why, I, you know, I feel like, you know, when I first started, um, when I chose to follow Christ and I, I didn't feel like there was much that I could give, but others had to, had to point that out for me. Mm. And, Every time I've taken a step, I'll give one example. There was a, you know, when I was younger, I always wanted to play the guitar. Yep. Right? When I got to about 11, 12, 13, I started realizing, man, that's such a cool thing to do. Every time the, the, young, the, young, uh, the, the, the young men were playing the guitar, it, it just seemed like something that girls liked. And I thought, I want to play the guitar because <laughs> girls, girls will dig me. you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I never did. I never learned the guitar. It wasn't until I, I was about... I've, I've seen you play, so you must have learned sometime. Yeah, I did. It was when I moved to Australia. I was really up, you know, I was, I was in my teen, uh, late teens. I was about 16 and I was yeah. down. And uh, my dad knew that I always wanted to play the guitar. So he, he bought me a guitar. And then he told a couple of um, my, uh, my uncles, well, I call them uncles, you know, at church. And he said, hey, look, can you teach David some things? So I never learned any music. They just taught me chord structures and things. And I started practicing over and over again. And that guitar took me to playing at camps, took me to 
playing at church, leading out in song service. I, I led out in the songs in the men's retreat, and it's been a blessing. And you know, and, and people talk about how it's a blessing to them, and it's like, wow, there was only there was only one small thing. And so, you know, the takeaway I'm really hoping is the listeners listen to this. You know, whatever you have, the small things that you have, whether it's tangible or intangible, whatever gifts God's given you, when you place it in the hands of Jesus. Be prepared to bless your community, bless everyone around you, and you know, and the repercussion effect just just goes on because that's the way Jesus works. The provision of Jesus as the bread of life, the provision of Jesus as the sacrificial lamb, it is sufficient. It is enough. That's all we need. Yeah. Yeah, amen, amen. Mm. Now, David, we've had a few people text in to get your offer and um uh, someone that uh, I don't know the name of, it's a new listener, has uh, texted in and, and has been really enjoying your commentary on, on these uh, discussions that we've been having. And uh, he says that I just heard his Samoan, so he is my niece. Now, um, I'm not sure exactly what that means, but um, there must be some connection there, I guess. Mm, <laughs> so we'll find out niece. more about... Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Anyway, we'll, we'll keep uh, interacting with uh, this new listener. Um, yeah. And uh, thanks for texting in. We, we enjoy uh, yes, interacting with people. Thanks for the feedback. And uh, Nigel as well, who's, off, who's uh, requested the book for today um, as well. So just remember that book, Real Peace, Real Answers, Logos One. Uh, as I said, uh, today will be the last day to get that one from our program on Mondays uh, with David Leo. And um, we want to uh, just remind you that next week on on Encounters with Jesus with David Leo, we'll be talking about uh, Behold the Lamb of God in mm-hmm. Mark chapter 1. And tomorrow we have um, Gary Webster joining us, uh, his program Lifetime Search. We're going to be looking at Jerusalem and Pompeo. Uh, or Pompeii, and the title is Global Warning. So I'm looking forward to working through that with um, with Gary tomorrow. Uh, to our listeners, we hope that you've enjoyed today's program. We hope that you can join us again tomorrow and also next week with David Leo. And mm. uh, thanks for your inter- interaction. And, uh, yeah, we just uh, hope you can join us again. And uh, we hope that... Uh, you have a great day wherever you are, wherever you're listening. Um, yeah, just may God be with you. Amen. Amen.